So I was thinking about uh, Christianity the other day, you know, the religion. And I was thinking about how absolutely hysterical it is and about how all throughout the Bible, there are just these wonderful, there's just these beautiful little nuggets of comedy gold. Like in, uh, in Second Kings, where a prophet of God <laughs> cursed, sent a curse on a group of children for making fun of him for being bald. And then two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 children. Wow, what an opening to this podcast. <laughs> but like... Like, that's hysterical. That's hysterical. Like, there's definitely some significance to that, some meaning. I don't know what. It was the Old Testament. Things were different back then. Uh, <laughs> but that's so unreal. I'm sure there's some significance to it. But when I read that, and I don't ha- I'm not a biblical scholar. I have, maybe it means something. I don't know. But to me, that's hysterical that that's written in a book that is holy (laughs) or it's written in a book that represents something that is holy um that's hysterical i can't believe that's in the bible i cannot believe that that's in the bible (laughs) and now there was a different time back then it was the old testament uh god related to his people in a different way he related to them based on the law and he based he related to them based on their efforts and the things that they did. God does not relate to us like that anymore. He relates to us based on what Jesus has done, not what we have done. Um, he's, he, he judges us based on our belief or our unbelief in Jesus. And that's it. And so, don't worry if you're a child listening to this. I promise you, I promise you that God will not send a group of bears uh, to come kill you because you made fun of somebody for having for being bald. I promise you that that will not happen because God relates to us based off of what Jesus has done, not what we have done. Uh, I literally, it literally says in the Bible that uh, the law that was etched on stone was the ministry of death. And now the the law, the only law that was ever etched on stone was that was engraved on stone was the Ten Commandments. Um, and so, not to say that the Ten Commandments were terrible, but what that does say is that we can't uh, that the Lord doesn't relate to us based on how well we follow the Ten Commandments or not. He relates to us based on our belief or our unbelief in Jesus. And so, when we mess up, like when I make fun of Christianity. God's not going to get mad at me. He's not going to send lightning bolts to come tase my brain uh, or shock my brain. <laughs> lightning bolts do a little bit more than tase. Um, and so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of aspects about Christianity that's really funny. And, and I, don't, I don't think God gets upset if we make fun of it. And now when I say make fun of it, I don't mean to like, well, no, I do because jokes are funny and jokes aren't uh, true. Like they're funny because they're not true. They're funny because you're making fun of things in a ridiculous way. Um, and like any joke that you've ever heard is something that does, isn't actually real. Like knock, knock, somebody's not actually there. 
Um, so you just make fun of it. So it's funny. Take a joke as a joke. It's a joke. It's not serious. Don't take things so seriously. Um, and so like if something else that I thought about that was really funny was if if Mary was you know Mary the the mother of Jesus if joy if Jesus was born today like if that if that all happened in modern times that would be absolutely ridiculous it would be absolutely ridiculous and Mary because Jesus you know say was born of a virgin nobody had sex with Mary but she had Jesus um if that happened if one if some lady from the Middle East was like, hey, I had a kid, I just had a child, but I've had sex with zero people, everybody, no one, nobody would believe them ever, nobody would ever believe that person, ever, ever, nobody would ever, ever, ever believe that person, they would have to be, I I hope there would be some way to test and to prove that nobody ever had sex with that person, because nobody would ever believe it. Nobody. But then, let's say if people did actually uh, believe Mary, and let's say she tried to come to the United States with Jesus <laughs> and with the with Trump as president, Trump would separate Mary and Jesus because he would look at the name Jesus and he would think he was like he wouldn't know how to read it and he would say does that say Jesus <laughs> he's not coming into our country separate from from his parents he's not coming in um and so if Jesus was born in modern times I think it would be absolutely hysterical just to see how that would go down uh Trump wouldn't let Jesus and his parents into our country uh, he would separate them at the border. Nobody would believe that Mary, that nobody had sex with Mary. It would be, it would be a dumpster fire if that happened. <laughs> at first, at first it would be a dumpster fire, but then it would be really cool because then all the miracles Jesus did, it would be, they would be on the news and people would be like, whoa, that's crazy. How's he walking like that? <laughs> um... Next thing, <laughs> so that's, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, um, so that's, that's my take on how uh, Christianity is funny, and, and you know, I don't know, maybe it was not okay for me to make fun of Christianity like that, but I thought about it, so I said it, um, and they're jokes, and I don't think God is offended when we make jokes like that. Because if God got offended at my jokes, I don't, I don't think he'd be a very legit or powerful God. I think he would be probably a pretty insecure God if he got, if he got offended by my jokes. Like sometimes my students will say things that like will make fun of me sometimes. And like if I took what, a first grader said personally, <laughs> like, what kind of person would I be if I got offended by a joke of a first grader? I think it's ridiculous. And I think it's even more so for God. Um, and I know that uh, God loves me very much. I'm still, look, I'm still standing here. I'm still here. 
I was like, everything's okay. I know God isn't mad at me. I know He loves me very much. I know God, He loves you very much. Uh, so don't be afraid if you think you've made fun of God. Or, or you know what I've heard so many times from people is, uh, like sometimes I'll, I'd, I'd invite people to church. And I've heard from so many people these exact words that come out of my mouth. They say, no, if I set foot in that church, I would spontaneously combust into flames. Um, and that's not true. You can totally go to church because God is not mad at you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter what you've thought, God is not mad at you and he will never uh, uh, light you on fire. <laughs> you will be okay if you go to church. It's totally okay. Jesus is very nice and he's very cool and he's not mad at you and he loves you very, very much. Um, and so that's, that's the Jesus that I know. And... Uh, the Jesus that doesn't exist is the one who uh, gets mad at you for your faults when he knows you're imperfect. You know, he gave us free will. He gave us the ability to make decisions. Sometimes we make the wrong decisions. So no, if you're listening to this podcast, Jesus loves you. And it's funny sometimes. <laughs> uh, and so I was... Uh, so you know when you're in a predominantly white area, like a high ropes course or the Cheesecake Factory, and uh, like two black people or two groups of black people will come in, and they automatically become best friends. I remember observing that for my whole life, since I was a kid, since I was a child. I remember looking at that and thinking to myself, what? Like... Why did they just become best friends, and why didn't we just become best friends with them? Like, I remember it happening as a kid, and I never understood why. I was like, why, why, did they, why are they so friendly with each other? Like, why can't we all just be super friendly with each other? Like, why aren't we all saying hi to each other? Um, and, I never, and that's why racism is something that's learned, and it's not something that's, that's in us uh, when we're born. So I remember, like, I remember as a kid, I remember this conversation that I had with my mom after watching the movie Like Mike with Bow Wow. And I remember saying, telling my mom, Mom, I want cornrows in my, I want to put cornrows in my hair like Bow Wow. And my mom was like, no, you can't get cornrows. And she wasn't saying it like, no, that's not your style, you can't get cornrows. She wasn't saying it like that. She was like, John... You physically can't get cornrows. Your hair isn't right for it. Your hair cannot, you cannot get cornrows. Your hair isn't right for cornrows. You don't have the right hair for cornrows. And I, I remember it getting me so frustrated. I, was, I got so frustrated with my mom in that moment because I, I, I literally remember the conversation. This isn't something that I'm uh, like... Uh, just make it up. It's be funny. I remember saying to my mom that I, <laughs> when I was a little kid, in tears, I said to my mother, no, mom, I can get cornrows. God has made us all the same. Why can't I get cornrows? And, and I am sobbing. Because I'm so, sobbing out of frustration and anger. It was when I was still living in West Babylon. So I was either in like second or third grade. Um, crying out of frustration because my mom told me that I couldn't get cornrows and then my hair 
wasn't the right hair for it and that black people hair was different um and so and i just remember being so upset and that was the first time where there was a uh a i guess pragmatic example of differences uh between uh different races Uh, because there are physical differences between races like hair black people hair is different than white people hair uh and, but I never understood that as a kid. And I didn't have the vocabulary or the social awareness to express myself or even understand that at all. And so I just cried uh, because I couldn't get cornrows. And still to this day, I still kind of want to get cornrows because I think they look dope. Um, but, so you know when you're in a cheesecake factory or at a high ropes course in New Hampshire and uh, black people become friends immediately? I never understood that. Uh, ever. I never got it. Uh, until now. Uh, because I knew, I always knew that it wasn't just, that it couldn't just be a color thing. It couldn't just be a skin color thing. It had to be something more than that. And now, when, since I'm in, I'm in Thailand, and I'm in an area where there are virtually no white people, virtually none, just like how there's virtually no black people at a high ropes course in New Hampshire, uh, I'm in a place where there's virtually no white people. And so, but when I occasionally do, and it's not even just white people, it's Western people. Uh, it's people from the West. Uh, because when I do bump into people from the West, I shouldn't have said white people this whole time. It's all Western people uh, or American people. It's not just American people. It's just the, the Western culture. Um, and... When I occasionally do bump into Western people, guess what? Automatically best friends. And automatically say hello to each other. If, if you don't say hello to each other, you give each other a nod. Uh, like out of just hello, what are you doing here? Uh, so immediately you just start talking to people. You say, hey, what the heck are you doing here? And you start talking and you find out, you talk to each other, you find out information about each other, how they ended up here. You just start having a conversation. You become best friends. Um, and the reason why it's, I think it's more why that happens uh, and that it's not just a color thing, that it's a culture thing. And color does have to do with it, but it's not exclusively uh, a circumstance or a situation of color because... Just the other day, I ran into, I bumped into these two ghetto-looking black girls at the mall, and we, I, we looked at each other, and guess what? Immediately, we became best friends. We were like, "Wow, what's up? How are you? What are you doing here? How did you end up in Ubon?" And we started automatically talking. And but they weren't white people, but they were Western people, and you, can, it's so clear. It's clear as day. When somebody is, and these girls were from America, uh, and it's clear as day when people are from America, um, and you just automatically start talking, and so uh, when, so that's why I think it's not completely a color thing. It has to do with culture, and it has to do with okay, when I look at somebody, when I'm here in Thailand, and I look at somebody from the West, I can look at them, and they can look at me. And there's a mutual understanding, which is nice, which is familiar, and it makes you feel safe. That when I look at somebody from the West, whether it be those those ghetto black girls or the white dude from Germany, there's a familiarity between us. 
and that makes you feel safe. It makes you feel secure. It makes you feel comfortable. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's why uh, I think that it's not just uh, exclusively a color thing. It's a culture thing. It's an understanding of each other. Um, because here, uh, Asian cultures and Eastern cultures are so wildly different than Western cultures that I look at somebody, I look at a Thai person and there's, there's, there's a mutual respect and love just because we're humans and in the core of who we are, we're all the same. Uh, we all want the same things. We all uh, have very similar desires. Uh, we all, what I've boiled it down to so far is that everybody on planet Earth no matter what culture, what race, what religion, what ethnicity, whatever it is, everybody wants the same thing. The only thing that everybody wants is to be loved and to express love and to show love to other people. And that's it. Uh, but the reflections of how people do those things, that's what's different. Like, so, the people, so how people reflect love or show their love or how they receive love is different all over the world. And that's where we get our differences in cultures and our differences in social norms. Um, but I think the core of everybody on earth is all just the same. Because when I can look at somebody here from Thailand who is raised so completely, almost as differently as possible, uh, I can look at them and I look at them in their eyes, and they look at me in my eyes, and we know that we're the same. Even though on the outside we are littered with differences, and we can't even speak to each other, but we know that we are the same. Um, and so that's, it's a super cool thing to, to experience, to look at somebody who could not be more different from you, but really look at them. And know that they are more similar to you than they are different. Um, and so that's why it gets me. It gets me. Uh, I've always had a sensitivity towards different cultures and uh, people from different backgrounds and people immigrating to the United States. Uh, I think it has to do with how I worked in restaurants my whole life. Uh, and so I was always working with people from different cultures. And that, uh, and a lot of my, most of my family is from Greece. Throughout my life, a few of my cousins have immigrated to the United States. My grandfather was an immigrant. Uh, and so, like, my dad is first generation in America. So I always had a sensitivity to it. But now, uh, I'm kind of, I'm not getting to live it out as uh, intensely as people who have immigrated to the United States have. Because uh, me, tech, I, like, I have a visa here in Thailand. I'm technically an immigrant. Um, and so I have it easy here compared to people immigrating from the United States. But now I even have a, a greater understanding of, of what it's like. And, uh, and it's cool because, you know, so because we're all the same. And so and in New York, most people who are listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure from New York, there's tons of immigrants uh, in New York. So next time you see an immigrant who you think is an immigrant or you bump into somebody who doesn't speak the language, who doesn't speak English, be nice to them, because they're just like you, they're the same, everybody's the same, the immigrant from the Middle East, the immigrant from Central America, the middle, for, the immigrant from Eastern Europe, they're just like you, they're, they are you, okay, 
So love those people, all right? Because they are working extremely hard. Love them. Uh, and I think immigrants should be celebrated because I do think America is a great country. I'm going I'm to make a whole podcast about how great of a country I think America is and how America does a lot of things right. And I think we should celebrate the fact that people want to immigrate to the United States, not make it so difficult for them, not make it troublesome, not make it so difficult to the point that people have to come in illegally and dangerously and risk their lives to come to America. Because America, I still do believe that it's the land of opportunity. Uh, do I, I don't. I think America does a lot of things wrong. And I think uh, people, I don't like it when people idealize history. And they, people, you hear this a lot in the older generation, that people always, old, the older generation says, oh, America's not what it used to be. We used to be this great country. We used to be this city on a hill. We used to be this shining light for the whole world. We used to be all these great things. No, we weren't. America was never this shining city on a hill. We, uh, America, throughout our entire history of a, as a country, even before we were technically a country, we did terrible, terrible things from the start. And guess what? Every other country has too. All right. And so, and I think when people create that persona of America being this wonderful, glorious place that can do no wrong, that's when people, you know, uh, pick at it and they say. Because if we create this idea that America is so great and then we do nothing wrong, and then when it comes up, oh, that America has done something wrong, people are like, see, America sucks. It's not great. This place sucks. You guys do all these things wrong, blah, 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 blah. But I think of America, and specifically individual Americans would admit the faults of our country, I think uh, we wouldn't get uh, picked on as much by the rest of the world uh, for all the crazy things that we do uh, because we would just accept our faults and uh, accept responsibility for them and realize we did these things wrong and here we are we're trying to make things better because things in the United States have gotten so much better so much better women couldn't vote a hundred years ago how insane is that people women couldn't vote in this country a hundred years ago uh Black people couldn't vote in this country, what, it was like 60 years ago? Something like that? That's crazy. It's crazy. The Vietnam War is a terrible thing that people did. And so, and during World War II, we put Japanese people in internment camps. Like, and I'm saying those things not to come down on America, but to realize, you know, America has always done things wrong. And I think America has become a lot better of a place. Um, and, but we still have our faults, of course, of course we still have our faults, but, uh, I think America is in a great place, and I think we should celebrate the fact that people want to immigrate to America, and we should give them a pathway to immigrate legally and to get integrated into society, because all they want to do is make their lives better, and make their lives better for their family, that's it, that's all people want to do, all right, and that's it, and so, all right, whoa, I hope that came off. Uh, I hope that uh, that was articulated decently. Those were all really half-baked thoughts. I didn't think I was going to say any of that uh, before starting this podcast. But 
it came into my head and I said it. Uh, and so I hope it was articulated properly because what I, those thoughts that I have and how I feel in my heart about everything that I just said is very true. But I'm not sure if I articulated it well enough to express how I really do feel inside. I hope I did. Um, and so don't, don't uh, you know what? Yes, hold it against me if I did not. Hold it against me if I did not articulate myself properly because this is a podcast and I want to be professional about this. So if I sounded like a bumbling idiot, tell me about it. Reach out to me. Here's my telephone number. (laughs) 631-374-6291. Hit me with a text or hit me up on Instagram, John underscore Theo 16, and say, hey, John, you sounded like a bumbling idiot and very unprofessional in what you just said. Tell me. I want to hear it because then I can get better. Please, I'd love to hear what you think. Um, and so, and even if, if the jokes that I made at the beginning of this podcast about Christianity and about uh, about black people at the Cheesecake Factory, like if you, if those if those came off as uh, as as uh, distasteful, or if those jokes were not in good taste, please let me know uh, because maybe they were, and I wanna I wanna own up to that and be better next time. But I want you to preface everything that the way that I think of jokes, I think you can joke about everything. I think everything can be joked about. And I think everything should be joked about. Because then if you if you're not joking about everything, you're taking things too seriously. You're taking everything too seriously. Lighten up. Have a sense of humor. Um, now do I think you should be able to joke about everything with everyone? No. Like obviously if uh, this is an extreme joke, an extreme situation, and I'm sorry if this offends you, but you should, if you know somebody has been affected by cancer in their lives, either a family member or a friend or a loved one has had cancer, don't make a joke about cancer to that person. Stupid. Uh, but if you're in a group of people and you know everybody knows you and everybody knows that you're joking, yes, make the joke. Because guess what? It's a joke. All right? If you want to make a t- <laughs> like, if you want to make a joke about uh those dying those <laughs> like malnutrition puppies in those commercials make that joke all right make that joke say say whatever comes into your head say it say it out loud because what's the point of being you if you can't be you all right be you and see what people say and then if you were wrong people will tell you and then you'll get to realize oh shoot I was wrong. And then guess what? You get better as a person. Uh, and so I think when I was in Krabi, I got a little bit better as a person. Because I think I did something wrong. I think. I think. I think. No, I know. I know I did something wrong. There's a thing that I did wrong. Before we get into the thing that I did wrong, uh, we're going to introduce a new segment. We're going to introduce the new segment, and it is going to be called John's Favorite Song of the Week. And so, the song that I have been listening to uh, this week that I absolutely, absolutely love is by Nick Murphy. Um... Now, I want to make sure I'm getting this correct. Uh, 
Bear with me. I'm still here. I'm still here. Because I just heard the song and uh, I forgot the name. Because uh, I just heard it today and I was fell in love with it. Uh, so it's called uh, Nick. It's by Nick Murphy. And it's called Missing Link. It's by Nick Murphy and it's called Missing Link. And it is a phenomenal song. So I'm somebody who uh, loves music. Absolutely love it. From the moment I wake up in the morning to the moment I go to sleep, I'm listening to music. Um, Absolutely, absolutely love it. I would not be able to go uh, throughout my day without listening to music. So I want to be able to share that music with you guys. Um, Ah, correction. The name of the song is called Medication, not Missing Link. It's called Medication. That's the song. It was a single that was released in 2017. First time I heard it was today. Absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. And so I love music so much. Now I'll be able to get back into the flow of things because I was looking up that song. Uh, And so uh, absolutely love that song. Listen to it. Nick Murphy, Medication. I love music so much, so I want to be able to spread music to you guys. and so every time I make a solo podcast, you'll hear John's favorite song of the week. So my favorite song of this week by Nick Murphy, Medication. Just heard it today. Phenomenal. Phenomenal song. Please listen to it. Go listen to it. Go listen to it. Write it down. Nick Murphy, Medication. Listen to it. It's phenomenal. Um, and so after, after Bangkok, I went to Krabi. I took a airplane down to the south of Thailand um, to Krabi, and there was this cool thing that one of the, there was this cool experience that I had while in Krabi, and uh, there was this Buddhist temple on top of a mountain, uh, and I believe it was uh, one thousand two hundred and sixty steps. It was like one thousand two hundred and sixty steps, sixty four steps, something like that, to the top uh, or stairs, and these stairs were big freaking stairs like it was not just like a puny little normal step these were freaking like climbing up a mountain like you had to go your knee had to come above your waist every single time you took a step uh and when i went with uh a we met this dude he was from europe and then but i went with a the dude from Europe, I forget his name, Chinese girl who was named a Shu, and then a v- Vietnamese and Hong Kong mix woman. And her name was Eva. Uh, so that was the group. And uh, so we went all together and then uh, got to the top and it was raining. It was drizzling when we first got up. There it was drizzling, uh, so you could still there was still really good visibility, but there was it looked sick. And so remember where we're at. We're at a on a in Thailand in southern Thailand, at a Buddhist temple on top of a mountain. Um, and so do you know? I don't know. Like you remember the Hangover movie where they go to Thailand and it, the way that it looks, or if you have ever seen a movie that takes place in Thailand and there's these crazy cliffs all out in the ocean and just like 
these crazy looking mountains with the, that are just so green. Uh, it's exactly what it looks like. It's so beautiful. Like the way that it looks in the movies, it looks even better in real life. It's unreal how beautiful Thailand is. And so when I went down to southern Thailand, I was like, wow, okay. I understand why people come here uh, because it's phenomenal. It's absolutely, absolutely beautiful, uh, breathtaking. And so I'm on top of this mountain at a Buddhist temple, and uh, I'm standing on this lookout uh, over the mountains. And as it's drizzling, um, and it just looked so beautiful because the clouds were coming in, but as they were coming in, like we were so high up that there were there was a layer of clouds that were underneath us, um, and it looked like there were these there were thousands or hundreds of different uh, pillars of smoke coming up from each different curve and turn and valley that was beneath us in the mountains that we were looking at, and so it looked like there were these pillars of hundreds of pillars of smoke rising up from the mountains like these crazy mountains that you've ever seen that you've never ever seen craziest mountains that you've ever seen ever in your whole life well, i'm not sure about the mountains that you've seen but they were the, it was the craziest landscape that i've ever seen in my entire life uh and guess what i didn't i didn't bring my phone i took zero pictures it was all just my brain it was all just it was all just from me i loved it uh and then uh a shoe the girl from china she she came up to the lookout and she's a Buddhist. And so remember where we are. I'm at a Buddhist temple on top of a mountain in southern Thailand. And this Buddhist woman, she comes up. I met her a few days earlier. She comes up and she tells me the story of Buddha. Now that, it was one of the coolest surreal experiences I ever had. In my entire life, being able to hear the story of Buddha at a Buddhist temple on top of a mountain, looking at, looking out onto one of the most beautiful landscapes that I've ever seen in my entire life. As the clouds rolled in, it was intense, it was dramatic, as those pillars of smoke rose from beneath me into my sights and looking out for miles and miles and miles over the green luscious limestone mountains that rose up from the sea and you could see the ocean from the top of this mountain it was it was surreal and so as i'm on top of that mountain getting to hear the story of buddha how i learned how buddha he was uh he was a real person uh he was a prince and uh he was he was supposed to be king uh he was a very rich man but then he uh he realized that uh like he, he he went on a walk one day or something and he saw all these poor people who were starving to death um and he looked at them and he looked at his surplus and then he looked at those people who were the same as he was and uh he looked at them and he thought what am i doing here like i can't i'm not going to go be a king like i there's people here starving like i need to give them something uh, and so he revoked his kingship and he revoked, he revoked all of his riches uh, to go around and to teach people, to teach people about life and to, uh, to love on people. And, I, and so 
there was it's a really cool story of sacrifice of how this man who was promised everything who had everything he gave it all away he gave it all away for the sake of people for the sake of his people for the sake of loving people and i think that's really cool um and i think there's a lot to learn from that because uh, like things that are true is true and so if buddha said some things that are true it's true just because buddha said like if you're a christian I don't like it when people from different camps of religion will totally, uh, what's the word, um, will totally disapprove of anything that's taught in another religion. Because if it's true, it's true. Like there's some things that are true inherently. Um, and if it just so happens to come up in a different book, it's true. Just because it comes up somewhere else doesn't mean you can't learn from it, you know, uh, so I think there's a lot to learn from what Buddha did, of how he sacrificed everything he had, he sacrificed his worldly possessions to go and live amongst the people, and to love them, and to teach people, uh, teach people about life, uh, and I also learned, while I was in, uh, Krabi in Bangkok, that there's a lot of different types of Buddhism, that there's Thai Buddhism, there's Chinese Buddhism, there's Japanese Buddhism, uh, there's all these different types of Buddhism, and the Thai Buddhists, they, uh, they, they don't, they don't believe in their, their religion as a, as a faith, they don't believe in it as supernatural, that's a good way to put it, they don't believe in it as supernatural, they don't believe in it as, uh, as anything that has to do with God, they just believe, they're, or I shouldn't have been saying believe this whole time, because a, a Thai Buddhist now maybe. This is just coming from a Thai Buddhist. Again, I have a very rudimentary understanding of Buddhism. I'm just saying what I heard from Buddhists. Um, and I was told that Thai Buddhism isn't about belief. It's about action. It's about going and doing things. It's going and doing good. Uh, and, when, and in turn, getting good back. They, they believe in karma. And so they don't believe. They don't pray or make. They call it making wishes. Like They don't really do that. Uh, they just do good things, and that's it, they do good, and they get good back, and there's a lot more to do, and again, I'm half a moron, but this is what I've heard, and I'm telling you guys, okay, uh, so, and I thought that was pretty interesting too, that it wasn't, uh, the person was telling me that uh, Thai Buddhists, they don't really, it's not focused on belief, it's focused on action, uh, and I think that's pretty cool, uh, or interesting, I think that's interesting, uh, because oftentimes religions are based on uh, belief. Christianity is solely based on belief. That's what gets you into heaven, is your belief. Um, and then what the, the deal in Christianity is, is uh, or the practice of it is, once if you do really believe, your life will reflect that. Though your life will reflect your belief, not the other way around. It's not you do good things, which then shows you believe. It's you believe, and in your heart you believe, and then your life will reflect that belief. Uh, do we do it perfectly all the time? Do I do it perfectly all the time? N no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's 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 the uh, equation, I guess you could put it, for Christianity. Comes belief comes first, and then your lifestyle reflects that, uh, not the other way around. Um, but other 
And so this woman, a shoe, she was a Christian Buddhist. Or <laughs> she was a Chinese Buddhist. And there, she's telling me how their focus is more on belief. And you light candles and you make wishes to Buddha or, uh, yeah, you make wishes. She kept saying wishes. She said, hey, they have candles over there. You should come light a candle, make a wish. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds fun. I'll totally light a candle. They do that a lot in Greek Orthodox where you light a candle and you pray. You make a prayer. Uh, same deal. Um, so I thought that was cool that the Buddhists had candles too. Reminded me of Greek Orthodox. Um, and so that was an incredibly cool experience. Um, and another incredibly cool experience was when there was this restaurant that was next to the hostel that uh, <laughs> that I was staying at. <laughs> and so I had, like, had a group of friends while I was traveling down there, uh, pretty cool people. And uh, this one uh, girl, she worked at the hostel, and so she, she knew the lay, the lay of the land. And so she brought us to this restaurant, this super cool reggae pizza restaurant where the owners they didn't speak any English at all but they were just the nicest people in the world like they would come in and they'd be welcoming they'd say hey they'd be like ah oh, what's up how are you they'd tie uh, they'd come sit down they'd come they'd laugh they had this little tiny kitten and so they'd come and hang out with us and we'd all play with the kitten and everybody would just laugh it was awesome and so you know when uh, <laughs> and so like it's weird because people have asked me like when I tell these stories to pe- like, is there any uh, familiarity? Is there any overlap in language, or is is like, is everything like? Are you? Or do these people speak English a little bit? And uh, sometimes people speak English a little bit, but uh, most of the time, literally, there's no language. There's no communication with words. It's all just like pointing and grunting and like hand motions and charades. But it works because like what I said earlier, we're all just the same. We all just want to be loved and we want to love other people. And so people recognize that in each other. And so it's super cool. It's one of the coolest things in the world to be able to sit across from somebody, not be able to speak their language, to know that you've been raised and lived your whole life completely differently from that person. Be able to look at them and for them to look at you and to know that you love them and they love you in that moment. It's super cool. It's one of the coolest things ever. It's one of those things that makes me so incredibly grateful for traveling because uh, you can't really get that uh, in your hometown. Um, you can't get that experience. You can't. You can't get that experience in your hometown. So that's, that's one of the things that has made me incredibly, incredibly grateful uh, for traveling because that's those, those experience, that experience, I've had that experience many times. I'm so incredibly grateful that I've had that exact experience many times. Um, because though that experience is is something that has impacted me and will affect me for the rest of my life, it's, it's something that has made me who I am, or shown me who I am, uh, and that will will that I'll remember forever. Uh, really, really cool experience to be able to have that. Um, but the funny thing about the group that we were in. So context. Uh, so I won't say names on this one uh but i work when i go to work one of the restaurants that i work at back home there's this there's this guy who calls everybody his bitches uh 
and he was already working at uh, at the restaurant for a while. And so, like, right when I started working there, I wasn't a part of the bitches crew. I wasn't one of his bitches. And so I was like, dang, I want to be one of his bitches. Because <laughs> it was funny. Uh, and uh, finally, after, like, working there for a couple of years, I think it was, like, three years after working there, I was finally referred to as one of his bitches. And I was like, tight. That's super dope. And uh, the, so then... Uh, uh, at in Crappy, there was this one dude who was a part of this little group that we had, uh, and he said, uh, I was standing talking to this the other girl in the group, and he walks up to the group and he says to the girl, he says, "Hey, bitch," and then I was like, "Whoa!" Like that hit me in the feels because whenever I hear somebody call somebody a bitch, it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling in my heart because it's just there's such a positive memory associated. Uh, that I associate it with, so I really like it, so I say to him, I say, hey, we don't, I say, hey, <laughs> I'm John, <laughs> next time you say hi to me, can you say, hey, bitch, uh, and he was like, 100%, and now both people in this story, all, both these guys in this, in the story, the story from, where the guy back home who called people his bitches, and the person in Thailand who called me, to, who would say, hey, bitch, they're both gay, uh, and so there's, there's the, common ground between those people uh and i just love it's really nice i really enjoy hanging out with gay people uh i is i i've never met a true i've never met a gay person i haven't liked uh i think gay people are awesome and i think the root of why gay people are awesome is because deep because they they love they're really loving inside or at least my experience with gay people uh is that because gay people get a lot of heat uh, for for living in the way that they do, uh, and they get judged a lot. And so, I think they have a really open heart uh, and tender heart, and are able to love everybody and treat everybody the same. Uh, and so, I think that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy uh, being around gay people, because oftentimes they have really kind uh, and non-judgmental hearts and they treat everybody, uh, with consistency and they show no partiality, at least my experience. I don't know hundreds and hundreds of gay people, uh, but my experience with gay people so far has been absolutely lovely. So if you're a gay person listening to this podcast, know that I love you and I think you're awesome. Uh, <laughs> and I want to be your friend. <laughs> uh, and so, but so the bad thing about me, and this is something that, uh, all right, so there was this girl at the hostel who I fell, I was lost in the sauce big time. I was head over heels lost in the sauce for this girl. Uh, and she had this this most beautiful accent in the whole world. That every time she spoke, it sounded like she was singing or saying, reciting poetry. It was just so beautiful. And she was feeling me too. Uh, here's quotes, direct quotes. One uh, was, I wish I could bring you home and show you off to my family. 
another one. <laughs> Let's elope. Another one. I'm swooning over you. Direct quotes from this girl. And now, guess what? I'm getting ghosted. <laughs> ghosted. Absolutely ghosted. Uh, from this girl. And so we got to hang out for a few days. We had a great time. She was awesome. Super dope. Just a ton of fun. Super cool girl. Uh, a ton of fun to be around. In like crazy wild situations. She was a blast. But then in super like chill situations. She was also a blast. Awesome. Awesome person. Uh, and I was... I was caught up. I was lost in the sauce. That's one of my favorite phrases ever, uh, being lost in the sauce. Uh, and so, and I thought she was lost in the sauce too, but I've officially been ghosted. It's been two weeks, zero, zero contact. Uh, so <laughs> I've been ghosted. And the thing that sucks about, well, the thing that doesn't suck about being ghosted is uh, it shouldn't be a surprise, okay? Uh because that's just what happened. People do that. Like, you can't be surprised by human behavior, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and people do that. So, and I'm an adult, so get over, deal with it. Uh, <laughs> so, it is what it is, you know? Uh, and so, you shouldn't be surprised by human behavior. Someone would be like, oh, I can't believe that happened, bro. I can. It happens a lot. People do it all the time. Uh, but then the thing that sucks about being ghosted is then you're left to assume why you've been ghosted. Now, this is something that I'm going to share. And I'm uh, and now I, the, I think the reason it's a mix of two things. It's a mix of me uh, not living above reproach. And then a mix of rumors. And so it's fault on my part, but then it's fault on other people's parts as well for, for uh, just not knowing what they're talking about and just creating rumors. So remember the story about uh, when I would say that, remember the story, remember the story that I just told uh, about the Buddhist temple. So uh, before I met this one girl who I was telling you about who's ghosted me, uh, I was with that group and I was feeling one of the girls that was there. Uh, and so what I should not have done was, uh, like be too, uh, I should not, I think I have a problem with being too flirty sometimes. Um, and it doesn't make me look good, even though, uh, like I don't, I don't sleep around, like, I don't do that, uh, and so, it's, but I am, I am flirty, uh, which I, which I think is an error on my part, I think I need to be less flirty, because I was being flirty with, uh, one of the people who was in that group, uh, and, like, it was noticed, um, and then, after I was hanging out with this other girl who I fell crazy head over heels for, uh, like her friends went and told her like, yo, stay away from this guy. He's talking with this different girl. Like he doesn't really, uh, mean anything he's saying to you. Like he sucks. Stay away from him. And like, she heard that, uh, from all of her 
guy friends uh, in, and I say guy friends in finger quotations because what I mean by that is all the other guys, all the guys that want to have sex with her saying that those bad things about me. Uh, and so that's why I think I'm getting ghosted because of the word of from her friends uh, who said that I'm being super flirty with all these other girls, blah, 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 blah. Like, don't talk to him. He's bad news. He doesn't really care about you, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I think I'm getting ghosted. Uh, but I wish, one, those guy friends would have asked me first, and then I would have been able to explain to them. Uh, but the ultimate responsibility is mine. And I'm going to, I'm owning up to that because I think I'm, I'm oftentimes too flirty with people and I need to dial it back a little bit so that I cannot, uh, so that I can no longer, so I don't look like that anymore because I don't like looking like that because that's not who I am. Uh, and I don't want to look like that. Um, so I shouldn't do that anymore. And I've done that in the past too. Um, so I don't want to do that anymore. And now I'm saying it out loud to about the 50 of you who listen to this. <laughs> So I said it. Uh, yep, I said it. I said it out loud. Wow, okay. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I want to tell you guys that. I don't know if I'm going to post this now. Because <laughs> that's pretty personal. Like I just shared a pretty, pretty, pretty big flaw with myself. Uh, it doesn't make me look very good. But guess what? It's true. But also guess what? I'm going to get better at it. Okay? People grow. People get better. I'm going to get better at it. All right? I'm not going to be that guy anymore. I'm not going to be somebody who's super flirty all the time. Because I don't want to be like that. And you know, maybe I'm not. Super I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I've heard it a couple times about myself. I don't want to be like that anymore. I want to live above reproach in that area. So I'm going to try to be better. All right? You heard it here first, folks. I'm going to try to be better. Okay? Got it. Thank you. All right. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Last segment of of the episode. Uh, remember Joffrey? Joffrey's conversation enders, baby. Uh, and so when, about Krabby, there is Krabby Island, which everybody in Thailand calls Ko Krabby, K-O-H, Krabby, because uh, Ko means island, and uh, so there's Ko Krabby, but then there's the province of Krabby, just Krabby Town, um, which is far away from the island, so I tell Joffrey, I say, hey, I'm going to Krabby in October, and he said, oh no, he goes, oh no, 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 you're not going to Krabby. Here in Thailand, we call it Ko Krabi. And I said, no, I'm not going to an island. I'm just going to Krabi. And he said, yeah, Ko Krabi is beautiful. You're going to love it. And so I was just like, okay, cool. Maybe, and then so I was like, maybe, you know, it's just a slip of the tongue. Maybe he actually heard me and thinks that I'm going to. And knows that I'm actually just going to Krabby Province and not Co Krabby, Krabby Island. Uh, but then a few days later, he said, Hey, did you get your tickets to Co Krabby? 
And I said, nope, because I'm not going to Co-Krabby. And he said, no, you said you're going to Co-Krabby. And I said, no, I'm going to Krabby, the province of Krabby. And he says, are you sure? He said, why are you not going to, he said, why are you not going to Co-Krabby? And I said, I, I don't, because I'm not, because I'm going to, to just Krabby. There's a beautiful beach there. That's where I'm going. And he said, are you sure you're not going to Co-Krabby? And I was like, I'm 100% positive I'm going to Co-Krabby. And then a few days later, somebody else comes up to me and they say, hey, I heard you're going to Co-Krabby. And I was like, no, I'm not going to Co-Krabby. And then uh, they were like, yeah, but Joffrey told me yesterday that you're going to Co-Krabby. And I was like, and I had to explain, I was like, no, I'm not going to Co-Krabby. I'm just going to Krabby, the province uh, where the beach is, still connected to the mainland. I'm not going to the, to the island. And they're like, oh, okay, have fun in Krabby. Like a normal person. <laughs> and then uh, uh, when I come back, when I come back from Krabby, guess what Joffrey says to me? He says, hey, how did you like Co Krabby? Guess what I said? I said I loved it. I was just like, I love it. I loved it, Joffrey. It was a great time because. Obviously, everything, anything that I say does not enter to your brain. Uh, so I was like, I loved it. It was great. It was awesome. I loved it. And that was it. And I stopped talking about it. Um, <laughs> and so, still, to this day, blows my mind that Joffrey exists as a person. I love him. He's one, he's got a, one, a lot of great qualities about him. But listening <laughs> is not one of them. My friends, I love you so much. We are at the hour mark. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys. I got personal in this podcast. I, I got on the fence with jokes, if they were okay or not. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope I articulated myself well. I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Know that you're the best. Know that I appreciate you. Keep listening. I love it. You're awesome. I love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're the best. I love you. Until next time.